It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Hey, welcome. Hi, welcome. Hey. Hi, what are you doing here? Fancy meeting you here. Hi. Coming you say often? that to all the girls. Oh, <laughs> you say that on all the podcasts. Yeah, if you don't watch it, mister, uh, you're going to get a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, all right. Oh. That's right. That's what I do to Robbie when he misbehaves. Certainly. <laughs> that's so, what he says. What's... When I give it to him, can sure. we talk about hashtag relationship goals because relationship they are everywhere? Goals. Yes, but it's the hashtag is you got to add the hashtag because. I, okay. But yes, relationship goals. But what we do to screw up our relationship goals? We do something to do that. <sighs> Have you dated? It's been a while. Have you not screwed up a little bit? Once, twice, a nine hundred times like that? I have. Shut up! Sorry, so shut up. <laughs> Well, yeah, I've, I've screwed up a few times. Okay. Absolutely. Great. That's what we're going to talk I'm about. I'm proud of it. If I didn't screw up, I wouldn't be here with you. I tend to think the same thing about me. Okay. So good. We're on the same page there. Great. So just don't screw up now. Okay? Um, but I want to talk about what we do to screw it up because, you know, this is everybody, when they see a hashtag relationship goal, everybody goes, oh, so sweet, you know, like pictures of happy, loving couples and hashtag, then they'll hashtag it, you know, couples goals or relationship goals. But guess what? We're going to talk about how not to fuck it up. Okay, can we start? And I want to give a little nod to blogger Crystal Jackson out there because this is, she kind of gave me some inspiration for this entire episode. She doesn't know me. I don't know her. But you know what? Maybe after this episode, she will because I'm going to tag her. Right on. Okay, so let's just, I'm going to throw some uh, potential relationship killers to you. You tell me, right? Uh, uh, if yes or no, if I'm right it. or not. Uh, shopping while we are in a relationship. Shopping for what? When you're not happy and you're like out there shopping. Looking for yes, something Yes, looking else. instead of dealing, instead of, you know. When you are in a relationship and you're looking for somebody new, that's not a good thing. No, it's really bad to test the waters while you're in it, when you're in a relationship. that's That will kill it. That will just, there's so much bad energy that goes out but that this, should be going in. But, when this, but this happens, and I think that people may be unhappy in a relationship and they can't yes. help but I, encounter I, opportunities and it causes them to say, hmm, what would I be like with this person? Right, because they don't have the guts. When I, and I get it. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And you know, There's also fear breaking up, getting out of a relationship. So you tend to, like, before you do, you know, you test your out there sort of. It's bad. It's not good because God forbid, you know, something happens and the, that your partner find, or your girlfriend or whatever finds out. It's okay. not cool. Yeah. Okay. With that said, avoiding communication, which is, that's what happens. That'll kill a, re a relationship right there. Avoiding communication. Ghosting. Ghosting. Yeah, that's bad. The silent treatment. Mm-hmm. Avoiding. Oh, chicken, hey, come on. Exactly. 
Well, you know, I avoiding think difficult. These are red flags that I think you will that both people can find uh, in in a partner if they are ghosted. They are not getting the communication they desire. Causes them to. You shouldn't be in a relationship. Be insecure about the if, relationship. If you're not, if you can't be honest with where you stand and what you want. So, and you got to say it. You got to be honest. You got to tell them. It's hard. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Those conversations, you avoid them like the plague, but they are so very necessary. And by the way, you know, someone would say, oh, well, you know, it hurts too much to be honest. No, I say honesty, it's not, or not kind to be honest. No, honesty is kindness. It is, but you have to be ready to be honest. You have you have to be in a place where you are willing to give up what it is you have because honesty can be painful. It's painful. It's it you know, facing hard truths and is is very, very painful. It's tough, whether it's about you or whether you have to give someone the truth. It's not easy, I understand. Here's another one, another relationship killer. Taking partners for granted. Mm. Give me an example. Getting complacent. You know. We're, I think we're all guilty of that. Not appreciating. We can all work better at that. If you have a good woman or man in your life, that is a gift. You're a gift. You're a gift. I mean, I never forget the gift I've been given. I've been given this gift and of holy shit. I am I'm not perfect, but I will say that I treat it, I cherish it. You know, sometimes I we get into a little fight here and there, and I maybe you know say a little something, or, or I punch you in the nose a little bit. But I never forget your gift. I will never take you for granted, ever. I think that the commitment is the gift. And I think that when people are not committed to getting over little issues, they tend to wander. They tend to look elsewhere. But I think that this commitment that we have is a gift for both of us. Uh, who gets this gift at this age? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. ever forget that, ever. And I got Lucky I, people do. Yeah, well, you know... I don't, I just don't, I'm so happy. I'm just grateful. Grateful, grateful, gratitude. Gratitude is everything. I mean, in life, but particularly with your relationship with your partner. But I think that we're also dealing with, you know, people that are out there that may have been in a long-term relationship and are now newly single. And they may meet somebody and it is wonderful up to a certain point and then there's a couple of things that may bother them and they may be deal breakers for that person or they may be deal breaker adjacent which causes them to say you know what i think there's something better out there i'm going to keep looking okay oh, that's okay though okay but then you shouldn't be in a relationship but why and not? if you have true hashtag relationship goals you have a responsibility well this okay? goes back to a show we did when you know when is good enough good enough and I think that we all have to recognize that what we have in our partner is accomplishing a bulk of what we want in a partner. Yes. And we have to always acknowledge that there's maybe, there's always going to be things that we 
may not like in our partner, but well, yeah, yeah, we have to go for the larger percentage. You, yes. By the way, the that that's one. that is an entire episode. We could talk about that mm. because I you know because you know how I feel about perfection and imperfection. I love imp- <laughs> I love imperfection more. Okay, so here's another relationship killer. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Settling. Settling. Settling for the wrong relationship. Why do people do that? Oh, God. Where do I start? Where do I begin? Well, I think you you, you settle because it's I... a lot of work. There's a lot of work to find somebody. I mean, you can look at it that way. It could be a full-time job. It is... It takes uh, hours out of your day to work at this relationship, and both people do need to work at yes. it. And this is something that even but that's in a, a relationship committed, goal. That e- is a goal. But even in a committed relationship, it requires daily work. Yes, we have to work at this. Yeah, of course, it's just like we haven't arrived. It's a journey. It's a goal. You want to have a good relationship. You want you wanted to yes. go somewhere. It's like having a fitness goal or a weight loss goal. I mean, you, you got to be disciplined. You've got to do the work. But is this hashtag relationship goal for singles or for couples? Everybody. It's what you aspire to. It's what it's on Instagram. When you see those, like I said, those pictures of those happy, loving couples and they make you want to throw up. <laughs> By the way, I, do you think we make people gag when we get lovey with each other? Do we? Th- do we have a? A throw-up uh, sound effect? No, but I have. We a... really should. Does does it give people gas when we get lovey with each other? <laughs> does that work, or do you want to have? That? That, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, we get. Okay. There's always gas. Okay, here's another one. You ready? Mm-hmm. By the way, people love is gas. My gas gets more emails than I do. (laughs) Here's another relationship killer. Here's a way to screw up your hashtag relationship goals. Making someone else responsible for your... Making someone else responsible for your happiness. How's that? Okay. Or conversely, not taking responsibility for someone else's happiness. That'll kill it. Forget it. That's called codependency, my friends. You, you know, cannot be responsible for somebody else's happiness. No, and you can't expect them to make you happy. That sort of is your job. Your happiness is your responsibility. Uh, it Yes, you add to it. All of our happiness yes. is dependent upon us making ourselves happy. Yes. And then going out and making others happy as well. And yes. But maybe we have to make others happy in order for us to be happy too. It all works together. It, it's... Um, you know, it's not exclusive of each other. But if someone who so has had to depend on her own herself for her own happiness for so long, I can tell you with uh, much certainty that if you can be the source of your own uh, validation, approval, happiness, you are that much ahead of the game. What about this one? This, this I think, is definitely will screw up your relationship goals by phoning it in. Phoning in your relationship. What's that? What does that mean? Phoning it. Who, who's going to, who phones it in? What do you, how do you phone in a relationship? Oh my God, you don't. Fake Come it? On. What do you, I don't understand. Just uh, going through the motions. Uh, not really putting forth effort. Well then, you're not at the same pace. A relationship, it can only work 
when two people are hand in hand at the same pace. One person should not be pulling. One person should not be pushing. You both have to be paced equally. Yes. But what I'm saying is the people that don't put in the required action and effort. They're not into it. Right. Obviously, right. That will it. kill your goals, man. Okay, that so will, if somebody okay. is phoning it in, you have to know that's a red flag. Okay. What do you say? What's your what's the big C word you use? C word? <laughs> Not that C word. The hmm. other one. <laughs> when it comes to action and effort. Courage. No, but that's good. <laughs> no, but that's very good. China. No, no. not China. <laughs> That's also uh, very good. Uh, very good. That's enough. <laughs> You mean like consideration? Yes. Oh. Consideration. Okay. It's a big one with us. It is a big one with so us. So action, effort, consideration. All really important. Very important. For your relationship goals. And our guest today is going to help you with your relationship goals. And we're going to talk about what not to do and how not to screw up your relationship goals. All right. Okay. David Steele, you may not know him, but you're going to soon. And you're never going to forget him. Well, we are going to take a break and come back with our guest, David Steele. So we will be right back. Now, back to done being single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, we are back. Okay, this is uh, exciting because I love a good goal, especially when they're relationship goals. And we have on the show with us today... Uh, a goal guru, um, David Steele. He is a marriage and family therapist who fell in love with coaching and in 1997 founded Relationship Coaching Institute, the first and largest international relationship coach training organization. He's the author of the groundbreaking book for singles, Conscious Dating, Finding the Love of Your Life and the Life That You Love, and Radical Marriage. Your relationship as your greatest adventure, as well as executive producer of the groundbreaking docuseries Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love Over 40. Twice divorced at age 50, David found and married his soulmate Darlene, and together they sold their house and are living their dreams of adventure on their 50-foot sailboat. Wow. Welcome, David Steele, to Done Being Single. Hi, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for being on. Okay, David, lots to get to. Uh, you've been listening to the first uh, little segment. I know you're um, you're just bursting at the seams, jumping at the bit to get in here <laughs> been, and into the You've been watching your chat window, huh? Yeah, so, um, so we're talking about hashtag relationship goals and how not to screw them up. And uh, you heard some of, some of the ones that I find to be big. Um, I've got a couple others, but come on in and tell us what you think so far. I, I really, I really love the conversation so far. There's so much, there's so much juice here. There's so much we can work with, and I think one contribution that I can make is to share a paradigm that sort of makes all of this complex stuff understandable. And I have a bunch of paradigms, and one paradigm is the paradigm of attitudes, skills, and choices. So when we're talking about, you know, singles having the tools and not having the tools or singles not having enough self-esteem or singles settling, uh, I think it really boils down to uh, either attitudes or skills or choices or all three. So in the coaching profession, we are totally focused on helping our clients accomplish a goal. And what do they need to accomplish those goals? They need they need added their attitudes need to line up with their uh, with their skills, meaning what to do with the choices they make 
When all those three things line up, you'll be successful in your goal. And if they don't line up, you're not going to be successful in your goal. So attitudes are the beliefs, the the, the things that you're holding inside your head, they're stories. I like to call them stories. You know, we just make them up. And as long as we just make them up, we might as well choose ones that are productive and that work for us. And, and we do have a choice. And then the skills, you know, we, we, we don't always know what to do. Part of the big frustration about singles who it, – it, it's not it, – a lot of singles I talk to, they don't want to just date. They don't like dating. They see dating as a means to an end. They want to find the love of their life. They, they want, you know, not ever, not all of them, but the ones that I talk to anyway, because this is my specialty, you know, we want a meaningful, fulfilling, committed relationship. We just don't want to hang out in a dating relationship. And so those are two different kinds of dating relationships, by the way. I call it recreational dating when you just want to have fun and committed dating when you are dating for the purpose of finding the love of your life that you want to grow old with. And to make either one of those work, you have certain belief systems, self-esteem issues, stuff going on in your head, stories you create about yourself and the world and your relationship. And I, so I call those attitudes. And then the skills are what you do or what you know how to do. And when you can always learn more effective skills like communication, for example, and dating strategies and things like that. And then choices. You can always make more effective choices. And I'm, I'm divorced twice. I have screwed up this relationship thing every way since Sunday. I know every way it can go wrong, and I've made the worst choices you can imagine. And so I really got it that our choices, every choice we make has long-term consequences. But when we make that choice, we're not always aware of or sometimes we don't even think there is going to be a long-term consequence, that we can always undo it or we can change it or it'll be just fine. But Really, the mindset I think we need to have is every choice we make in the moment will come back to us, and it'll bite us in some way, or it'll help us in some way. So our choices are tremendous. So that's one paradigm I have to share for you about how to be successful or how to screw up. It's your attitudes, skills, and choices. The cool thing is that you have control over all of it. Yes, you do. David, you mentioned something about recreational dating, and this is fascinating to me because I think it's a cop-out. I think when people even put that type of a label on someone that they are seeing, it is because they know this is not going to go anywhere, but I'm just going to have fun with it. And I think men and women probably both refer to this term when they realize it's not something I want to have long-term. Is that correct? Well, I think that's a percentage of recreational dating. Uh, I think there's also a huge trend that we all need to acknowledge. I mean, I've been doing this now for a long time, and I've seen the trend go from people wanting the traditional lifestyle. They, they want to achieve the quote-unquote dream, you know, the, picket, the white picket fence and all that, where nowadays almost half of adults, young adults in the U.S. today believe that marriage is obsolete, that committed relationships are obsolete. And if you look at the trend, the divorce rate has not gone down. There's relationship failure and divorce all around us. And so many people are turned off by the idea that a long-term committed relationship can even work, that we're, that we're, maybe we're not built for it. It's not meant to be. So they're into a me, me, me kind of fun recreational lifestyle, and you know they, they have given up on 
and they don't even want a long-term committed relationship. So I see that happening a lot. It's, to me, that's just astounding. It makes me sad that almost half of young adults believe that marriage is obsolete. I mean, I love marriage, but you know, it, it's a great example really. that our value system and the way we see the world isn't necessarily the way everybody sees the world. And people that are into recreational dating, they have no desire. They're single by choice. That's okay. a valid way of being. It's a valid lifestyle to be single by choice. And they practice recreational dating until they decide they don't want to do it anymore. And then they might change like you guys did. I think you're a great example. You know, single until you're in your, what, 50? Yes. And, mm -hmm. and, and then you went from recreational dating to, okay, to uh, now I'm open to commitment. I don't think we um, ever actually labeled anything recreational. I, I don't. I never did when I was just dating. I just it was like, okay, I'm dating you, and I am but enjoying this. Did you this. date with an agenda? As long as it's fun. That's, yeah, that's I, the, I think my, right. That's the motto of recreational dating. Where I'll hang out with you as long as it's fun. As long as it's fun, and we're having a good time, and it doesn't get too heavy too soon. I don't know. I think uh, it was. I think I can now look back on it as being recreational. But, but was it a while, means? I was in it. I didn't view it as that. It was just kind of like dating. It didn't have any kind of label but on it. But did you have a, a higher purpose? Did you have a bigger goal or plan? Not with anybody before I met you. That is, come on. No. You're telling me that you just dated and not with any sort of long-term end game? That's correct. No. Endgame? What's yeah. Endgame? Uh, well, so Robbie, you, you were a um, uh, a I want to say magician. <laughs> you, you were a musician. Yes. And so a musician's lifestyle lends itself more to the recreational lifestyle, recreational relationships, and and that's completely under understandable. Okay. It's also true that as we mature, we go from hey, you know, fun isn't very fulfilling after a while. I want something more meaningful. Right. I think that's very true. I was not one to hang in a relationship for long if it wasn't more than just fun. It had to have some substance there for me to stay Okay, in. so I'm going to break in because yes, this is one way that singles screw up, which is the dating, the criterion for dating somebody when you're starting out as a single and, and you, you, you're single and you want to date somebody, the primary criterion is that you find this person attractive and fun. And what I'd like to point out about that is that that's not necessarily the great a great criterion for a long-term committed relationship for somebody to get married to that shares your values and your lifestyle that you yeah, you're really soulmates with. That's, you know, so there's a disconnect between dating looking for somebody to date because they're attractive and fun versus who you would choose as a long-term partner. And that's why a lot of dating relationships that turn into committed relationships don't work because the criterion for a long-term committed partner is very different from somebody who you just want to have fun with. Okay, I have a question for you, David. What about the, the client or the person for you? I guess, do you see clients? I train coaches now to see clients. Okay. I, I see very few on my own anymore. Okay. So what about the person that, that can settle down, is a serial dater, and always thinks, nah, there's someone better. 
someone better, someone better. There's got to be someone better out there. And it ne- it just becomes just a like revolving door of, I don't know, applicants or or trial, <laughs> trial. Well, as, trial well, as, a, as a coach, or, the primary question we have as a coach is what do you want? So I would, if, if that person just wants to be a serial dater, great. Single by choice, I'm going to practice recreational dating. I'm going to practice the bachelor or bachelorette lifestyle for the rest of my life or until I don't want to anymore. That's a valid choice. But as a coach, the first question is always, well, what do you want? So I would ask that person, that serial dater, well, what do you really want? So let me ask you, Trevor, if you're that person or you're representing that person, what does that person really want? Are you asking me personally? Because I think I kind of was that person a little bit. I was a serial dater and I could tell you exactly what I wanted, but I, for whatever reason, just had a really hard time finding it in one person or thinking that it, it was in one person and that, no, it wasn't in this person, but it could be in the next person. So I was yeah. on that kind of, mm, I don't know what you'd call it. It was like a, a a path of of just constant dissatisfaction and i think there is maybe some pathology involved there that maybe in some way maybe i didn't feel i don't know maybe it was me that didn't feel worthy or couldn't settle down because i i don't know you mean there was something deeper maybe not i don't know well i'm 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 a big i'm a big fan of removing pathology and psychoanalysis and and normalizing things because remember the attitude, skills, and choices. If the attitudes don't line up with the skills of what you're doing, with the choices you're making, then you're not going to be successful. And it's not because you had a bad childhood or that you screwed up in some way. So let me let me let, let me uh, let me lay this out. Because the what do you really want or what do you want question for you? I'm I'm assuming was well I'd like to find somebody like Robbie. I want to find somebody that I click with and I can, you know, get married and I can grow old with. That's what I really want. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So let's assume that all the years you were serial dating, that's what you really wanted. Yes, that then was. One Another paradigm I have for you is that what we do in conscious dating coaching is we help our clients be clear about who you are and what you want and how to get what you want. So who you are includes your, your values and your life purpose and your requirements and your needs and your wants and your vision for your life and your relationship, the kind of life that you really want to share with somebody, the relationship that you want to have with somebody. That's all inside you that you want to make real in the real world. It's inside you. Mm-hmm. So you're seeking the person that is a fit for you. So that's who am I? And then what do I want? That's your requirements and needs and wants. That's the person that's going to be a good fit for you. And then there's how do I get what I want? And then there's your dating strategies, including the law of attraction. And earlier you guys were talking about, you know, hanging out with somebody that's, you know, is fun or not really a good fit or uh, you don't know what else to do or you don't want to be alone or you get attached to somebody and you don't want to break up with them because you don't want to be alone and breaking is breaking up is hard to do. So. When we're not make, when we don't know how to date effectively, and we don't know how to make effective choices in our single relationship life, then of course we're going to screw it up. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. You're absolutely right. I don't know if I was clear 20, 30 years ago on what I wanted or even who who I was. Now, kind of being at this age and getting married and then all of the work that Robbie and I do together and then my work as um, a dating coach and dating advice writer, I, I can say that just because you you may be a casual dater or a serial dater, or it might take you a little longer, it doesn't mean that there is pathology. So I did used to think that, that maybe there was something wrong, right. but yeah. now I tend to think that it's just people go at their own pace. People just have their own well, timing. Yeah. And, and they and don't know what make, else to do. And it do. doesn't make them you know, defective in any way or deficient. It's just their personal timing. Yeah, there's a great principle at play here, Trevor. I mean, you know, one is... One is maturity, that we need to mature to become ready for a committed relationship sometimes. But the other is our relationships are our teachers, that we learn from everybody we date. We learn from every experience we have, good and bad. And so in your years of being a serial dater, Treva, you, you learned, you grew, you matured, and you became ready for somebody like Robbie, and then you found somebody like Robbie. Yeah, I I often wonder what would have happened had Robbie come into my life 10 years ago, 15, 20, would I have, would it have been the same connection, the same uh, outcome? I don't know if it would, because I don't know if I was, because you were not ready. I was not ready. So my hashtag relationship goals, I've always had them. It was just, it seemed problematic for me to even get into the relationship to begin with. But now that I'm in one, I can see how people can fuck it all up. I can see how people can absolutely self-destruct and self-sabotage in once in a relationship. I think timing is everything too. And uh, I, I, I don't think I would have been ready either 10 years earlier. Who knows? And so yeah, I think that it, it works out the way it does for, a, for yeah, yeah. specific reasons. You know, and I, I'm the first one to say I am not a relationship expert at all. I am absolutely learning. I am on the job training. This is. Oh, really? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I am not. Right. I'm a dating expert. <laughs> oh. I can tell you everything you need to know about how to be single and how to date. But you know what? Okay. The relationship thing is is new to both of us, I think. Well, maybe for me, for sure. Maybe you not so much. But I have new appreciation for what it takes to be in a relationship. Mm. It has been an <laughs> Shut up. It's been an eye opener. And, and I yeah, see so, it. And so, I, guys. Yeah. Um, I- I'd like to throw something out there that is just crucial for for your listeners and and maybe for you, Trevor, and the clients that you work with. Would now be a good time to do that? Yes. Actually, we're going to take a break. Oh. We're going to take a break and then come back and delve right into that. All right. So okay. we'll be right back. And now back to done being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. And we are back with David Steele. And David. he has a date. And he has a deep thought. Let's hear it. Well, you know, if, 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 if there's so much I've learned in my life. If there were one thing that I would want to pass on and for, for all singles out there to be mindful of and to be clear about and to put into action, it would be to be clear about and define your requirements and your needs and your wants for a relationship. And every single has their list, right? I want somebody tall, dark, and handsome 
I want this, I want that. But this is not what I'm talking about at all because those tend to be traits of a partner. And you can make a list of 100 traits that you want in a partner, find somebody that meets all 100 and still be miserable because you have certain requirements and you have certain needs and you have certain wants and your job is to find a partner that is a good fit for you in which you can get your requirements met and your needs met and your wants met. So let me define what those are. Your requirements are your non-negotiable deal breakers. They must happen for a relationship to work. You know, monogamy and fidelity is one. If you fool around and cheat on me, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, financial responsibility is another. If you gamble our money away, you're gonna, <laughs> we're, our relationship is going to be in trouble. You know, so that we have certain bottom line requirements, things that must be in place. For a lot of women, it's, it's the ability to have a family. I want to have babies someday. So I want to marry somebody that, that wants to have babies with me. And so we have certain requirements. And these are deal breakers. And if they're not met, as much as we love this person, as much as we're attached to them, as much as we want it to work, it's not going to work. And my theory is that's the reason for the divorce rate. Because do people really want to get divorced? Do they really want all that, all those negative consequences and, and loss? No. If they could make it work, they would. So there's some really huge, powerful force breaking them up, even though they made vows to be together forever. And I call that powerful force requirements. They are so powerful, a relationship is doomed. It will not work if a requirement's not met. Mm-hmm. And you need to know what yours are. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a million of them. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in all my years of doing this with singles, uh, there's, there's somewhere between 8 and 12. Most of us have somewhere between 8 and 12 requirements. And remember, requirements are for what you require in a relationship. This isn't what you require, you know, in terms of a trade as a partner. And then your needs, two kinds of needs, emotional needs and functional needs. Emotional needs are what you need to feel loved. It's the emotional connection, the intimacy you want to have with your partner. You have a desire inside you to connect intimately and to love and be loved with somebody in a certain way. And if that need is met, you feel happy, you feel loved, you feel like, wow, this is a wonderful relationship. If your need is not met, then you feel dissatisfied, you feel unloved. And it's not necessarily a deal breaker. You're not necessarily going to get a divorce or walk away because of it. But the relationship is missing something emotionally for you if your emotional needs aren't met. So wouldn't it be nice to know what they are and to know how to get them met in your relationship? It's not always up to your partner to know how to meet them for you. It's up to you to know how to get them met. Yes. That's important. And then functional needs are what you need for your life to just function, you know, (laughs) paying the bills on time. And, you know, we get along with a partner who is functional enough so that we don't have to take care of them like a child and that you know they they lock the doors at night uh that helps us feel secure it's we we have many many functional needs and uh, if and if a need isn't met whether it's emotional or functional it's not a deal breaker but it does create a problem or an issue in a relationship and so that's where you communicate that's where you talk about it you figure out a plan of how to get the need met it is solvable and requirements not being met are unsolvable. You cannot solve that problem. I want children. Well, I don't want children. Well, how do you solve that? Okay. It's an unsolvable problem. Needs is there's always many ways to meet a need and it is solvable. And then wants are the icing on the cake. 
But a lot of singles, they focus on what they want and they make a relationship choice based on wants rather than needs or requirements. And so wants is, you know, I want to ski in Aspen every winter. Okay, well, good for you. Uh, or I want to go skiing every weekend. And this was true in terms of somebody my, my wife dated before she met me. I want to go skiing every weekend during the winter. Now, it's not a requirement, or it could be. It's not necessarily a need, or it could be. But if it's a want, wants tend to be what make your life fun and enjoyable and juicy. And we all have wants, but we're not going to make a long-term relationship decision based on our wants. We need to have our requirements and our needs met you know, first. They're the priority. Then wants are the icing on the cake. So the one thing I really want singles to know is be clear about your requirements, needs, and wants. Don't just make a list of traits of a partner and make sure they are truly requirements. The test for a requirement is you would absolutely walk away from a relationship if this requirement wasn't met. If there's any ambiguity if, well, you know, maybe we could work it out if, then it's not a requirement. So, so be clear about your requirements and your needs and your wants. And with everybody you date, if you're looking for a committed relationship, you measure that person and the connection that you have with that person along with your requirements, needs, and wants. And so here's another principle I have for you, something that I learned the hard way. And not everybody agrees with me about this. I'd be interested in your feedback, which is, if it's not a strong yes, in my mind, it's a no. Yeah, and, I would go with that. And a lot, of, a lot of people when they date, they say, well, I really like this person. We have fun, but it doesn't work because of this, doesn't work because of that. And, well, you know, 80% is great and the 20% is, uh, it could be better. If it's not a strong yes, if it's not 100%, then no. Move on. For crying out loud, you only have one life. Right. And and you have what you want to well, you want to love and be no loved with the love thing. of your life or that, well, or, or, not, or, or but, don't you but you for don't crying out loud. If you do, then go for 100 percent of what you really want. Don't settle even a little bit. And if it's not in terms of your requirements, needs and wants, then walk away. Say no. Except that you can't get 100 percent. You can't. Yeah. There is no such thing. I mean, what about yes, that? You can. Yes, you can. Because if you believe that, Treva then you are setting yourself up for settling. Oh boy, I have an issue with that, David, because I think that, I don't think 100% is attainable in any partner. I think that you have to be realistic and uh, I, I used to joke about this with uh, my friends that if we could find, you know, 80% at one point, we're thinking that you got to marry her. And then that, that percentage became 65% because we realized, you know, it's, it's just not attainable. So let's, let's hopefully love the things that we love about the person. And we have to just kind of live with the things we don't love so much, but we all have those things that may rub the partner the wrong way. Okay, so I wanted to... But I just don't think that 100% is really those are attainable. Those are great rationales that are very, very common, but it's bullshit. Okay. Okay. So, Tell us. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So remember the strong yes? Yes. yes. So, I mean, I had this experience when, when I met Darlene that was in, in, incredible. I mean, it was overpowering. It was like a tidal wave. I've never had that experience having met anybody else. And in my single life, I've, I've dated lots and lots of people. I've gone on over, I think, 200 first dates and did not go on a second date because I had no desire to see this person again. And in my marriages, I was married twice, divorced twice. Now I'm married the third time. This, this one's the charm. But in, in my marriages, you know, I had that rationale. Well, you know, you can't get everything that you, that you want. 
and, and, and this is great and I can make this work. Well, it turns out because I wasn't clear about requirements, needs and wants, I wasn't clear about my own vision for you know what I really wanted for my life and relationship, that I chose somebody that was not a good fit for me in, the, in both of those marriages. And so remember, it's not about 100% of a perfect partner. You're right. There is no such thing as 100% perfect partner. What I mean is 100% of what you really want for your life, your relationship. Does that make sense? Yes, you see how it. that you can find somebody yes. who's a good fit for you so that you can have the life and relationship that you really want yes. 100%. You should have total I, conviction, total conviction about what you're looking for. Yes. I, I would. Yes, I agree with that. And seek and you will find, yes. right? And also, and if, and if you talk yourself out of it, you think, well, it's not possible. It's not realistic. So I, I have to get find. I have to go with the best I can find. Then you're talking yourself out of it. You're setting yourself up for settling. And remember, what's important is not the traits of a partner. There is no such thing as a perfect partner. Darlene is quirky. She is not perfect. I am quirky. I am not perfect. But we are perfect for each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a question about your past marriages, and I'll keep it kind of brief in that you obviously, in your wisdom and in your journey, I don't know if you were as self-aware back then when you were in these other marriages as you are now, but were there times, or obviously there there happened to have been times when you hit a, a point where you realize this is something that I don't want and uh, I need to be vocal about it or make a move. We don't have this wisdom because we've not been divorced. We are st still climbing this relationship ladder. So what can you, and I love you, honey. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Robbie, so thank, thank you for that question. That's a wonderful question. There's so many ways I can answer it, but what I do want to share with you is that in my experience, every time I've broken up with somebody or every time I divorced or every time a relationship didn't work, it was for a reason that I always knew about going in. It was not like I got surprised. Hmm. And so what happened to me is similar to what happened to Treva because I matured, I grew, I learned, and I was able to make a much better relationship choice. And chances are, I mean, I would have loved to have met Darlene, you know, 50, 45 years ago, but yeah, that, wasn't, that wasn't in my destiny, and chances are, we would not have seen, we've, we, we would not have clicked at the time. We were in different places in our life. So it's amazing, and, and, and with, with every client I've worked with, whether it's a single or a couple, they pretty much have the same realization that, yeah, you know, I knew about that at, from the very beginning, and that's what ended the relationship. That's why the relationship didn't work. So here's an example of choosing a less than 100% relationship, right? When you settle, you never really let go of what you really want. And so that ends up sabotaging the relationship. So don't effing settle for crying out loud. Go for 100%. Yes, I agree. And I just had a little epiphany. Yes, ma'am. Would you like to hear it? Love it. Yes. I just had an epiphany that, that when you're ready and when the time is right, your perfect partner comes to you, even if they are imperfect. Okay. That just made that just I I don't know I just got that that okay. not and not so, one minute yeah. before and that so when you it, yeah, so it, you are you are attributing that I, I call that the law of attraction yes and, and the law of attraction is huge 
The law of attraction is real. The law of attraction can work for you or against you, but sort of like God, right? The law of attraction helps those who help themselves. So I, I don't believe that the perfect person is going to appear in your life when you're ready all by itself. I do believe uh, uh, being proactive, but but that's just me. I mean, you know, I, I don't know everything. I, I, I am a relationship expert, but I also realize that, you know, we're all just making this up. You know, we're all sharing what we learn. We share what we know. There's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of things that have not been researched. But, you know, I believe that we should help ourselves. We should be proactive. I know many singles that are ready and wanting, but they're not out there making it happen. So it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, well, there's a... so what, do you, what do you think, Trevor? Well, there's a saying that, that you should be the person you want to date. That, hmm. that you should be wow. the person you want to date. And my epiphany isn't so uh, earth-shattering because I know it's, you know, it's a given, but it, it does make sense that when you're ready, when you are ready, the perfect, imperfect person comes into your life. And there's no such thing as perfect person, but when you're ready to receive that person who is right for you, it tends to happen, correct? Well, hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> okay. We are going to go to our, our last break here for the day, and uh, then we'll come back with more of David Steele. So we'll be right back. And now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. Okay, we are back with David Steele. MFT and author and dating coach, relationship coach, and what did I call you earlier? Goal guru. Yes. Thank you. And Trevor, I just love your your epiphany that when you're ready, your perfectly imperfect person will appear. And I would just like to add to that, that if you seek, you will find. I don't I'm not a big fan of being passive because I've seen many singles be lonely and not find the love of the life because they have the point of view that the law of attraction will will bring them to me. And I don't see the law of attraction working that way. So the number one question that I get from singles is, how can I find the love of my life? How? What do I do? How? And I have an answer to that. Would you like to hear it? Yes. So I have a little strategy. I have, I have a, a paradigm for dating uh, that I call four steps for conscious dating. Scouting, sorting, screening, and testing. Scouting is the process of finding somebody to meet. And this could be online matchmaking services. This could be in line of the Starbucks. This is me having your friend scout for you. There's many, many ways to find somebody to meet. Sorting is a process of quickly determining if somebody you meet has potential for you. And if you're clear about who you are and what you want, and you have your top requirements in mind, you can always strike up a little short five-minute conversation and, and see if there's you know any area of compatibility here. And you can do that casually, and it can be fun. You don't have to be giving somebody the third degree. And then sorting is pretty much a five-minute conversation. That's It's like networking. And then screening is a process of getting to know someone and collecting information about your vision and your requirements, needs, and wants, and how good a fit this person would be for you. And you can pretty much screen in a coffee date. And like I mentioned earlier, I've had over 200 coffee dates, very few of which resulted in a second date because I was screening. And if it wasn't a strong yes for me, it was a no. Mm -hmm. And so you're screening for, you're looking for, you're, you're asking questions about that that would help you determine, is this a good fit for me in terms of my vision for my life and relationship, in terms of what I require, need, and want in a relationship? 
And you also have that kind of chemistry thing. So you really have to meet somebody. You have to take it offline to see if you really click, you know, from a chemistry standpoint. And uh, that's a pretty, I mean, you'll know immediately. So scouting, sorting, screening, and then testing is crucial because information by itself isn't enough. You need to have knowledge and experience that this does really click. You do really work together. This is a good fit for you. So this is where you do go out on a second date and a third date and have different experiences together. Uh, So that, in my mind, and this is what I've done, and this is what I put in the Conscious Dating book, so tens of thousands of singles all over the world and plus the relationship coaches that we train, we help our clients determine their strategies for scouting, sorting, screening, and testing, and then singles go into action, and this is exactly how you find the love of your life. So what I did in my 200 coffee dates I scouted, sorted, screened it, and test until I found Arlene, and boom, I eventually found her. It was about a, a two-year process when I really got fed up and decided, you know what, I'm none of this fun stuff anymore. It's either 100% or nothing. I'd rather be single than settle. And it was about a two-year process, and I finally found Arlene. That's okay, a so- lot of caffeine. Um, <laughs> Starbucks. That's I, funny. I, I, too bad I didn't have stock in them. Right, I know, uh-huh. I know. All, right. All the cups of coffee that I went through dating wow that is it's it's probably better than tequila and te- i was about to say tequila oh, oh, too. No, 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 no. okay so i i would like to add to your list uh testing screening what were the other ones scouting. sorting scouting i want to add main maintenance maintaining and sustaining those are big those are big because it without those two for me there is no relationship and you oh, can you oh, could do yeah. all the right things and take all the necessary steps and then screw it all up and just ruin a good thing. Right. And so, I, and so you, I'm going to ask you. You do find somebody you want to be with, you know, then those two steps are crucial. Absolutely. Okay. So question, David, for you. One is a personal. It's kind of personal. You don't have to answer it, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. First question is. In all of your experiences working with couples and and singles, what are some of the things that people do to really screw it up? What do they do to mess up a perfectly good thing? Then the more personal question for you is, what do you think, reflecting back on your two marriages, what did you do that you could have done differently that you, I don't know, you don't have to answer it, but I'm just kind of curious. Great question. Thank you, Trevor. Remind me what the first question was. First question is, what do you see? What do people do? What do people do to screw up a a perfectly good thing? Okay. So let me answer that one first. The the key to a successful life and relationship is to take responsibility for your experience, for what's going on for you. And your experience is everything that goes on inside you. It's your automatic thoughts that pop into your head. It's your sensations, what you feel. It's your judgments, the stories that you create in your head about things. And without consciousness, without mindfulness, uh, without some maturity and awareness, we tend to be reactive. We tend to knee-jerk. So if we get upset with our partner and we knee-jerk, we're going to blame them. We're going to be mad at them. We're going to yell at them. We're going to criticize them. We're going to tell them how they should be different. But if we take a step back and we realize, okay, what's going on for me? You know, what button has been pushed? If you assume that your partner means well, if you assume that if you're mad, that's all about you, then you can take responsibility for getting upset and then you can communicate more effectively with your partner to get your needs met. So in my mind, 
in my experience, that is the number one thing that gets in the way of a relationship working is when people do, don't take responsibility for their own experience, what's mm -hmm. going on inside them. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're experiencing is 100% about you. Mm -hmm. It's nobody's fault. Yeah, that's true. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay, now you, David. True confessions. So, yeah, so the thing, I have a big codependent streak, which means I'm a pleaser, I'm a nice guy, I wanna make my partner happy, and if my partner is not happy, then I take it personally. I feel very guilty. I feel very bad about myself. And the worst thing in the world for me is to be with an unpleasable woman. And so guess what I've chosen to marry? Women that were unpleasable. Mm -hmm. And because I needed to please them. Mm -hmm. And I was playing out this old time pattern from my childhood. Mm -hmm. So let's get psychoanalytic here. You know, so that's what didn't work trying to please somebody and, mm -hmm. and, and giving up my power as a result. And a lot of men in my position, you, know, you might relate to this, Robbie, when you don't really understand relationship, you don't really know how to be in relationship, you know, you have an ego as a man, you want to be the, the masculine one, you want to please your partner, you want to make your woman happy. And if they're not happy, you take it personally. And if you choose an unpleasable partner, then years later, you know, you feel terrible about yourself. You feel terrible about the relationship. You feel terrible about your partner. It just doesn't work. You dig yourself into a hole you can't get out of mm -hmm. other than getting out of the relationship. So being the pleaser, being a nice guy, being uh, codependent, that was my undoing until I finally figured out how to undo it. Congratulations, Congratulations to you and Darlene for finding Good each other. Good work. I totally relate, David. Totally. Good for you. Thank you, guys. That is great. I, I love hearing that. Okay. So we I wish have to we wrap didn't up have our show. I could, just, could we have another episode just based on what you just said the last two minutes? <laughs> so, David, tell us how everybody can find you. Well, if you're interested in the whole conscious dating, scouting, sorting, screening, testing, you know, don't settle, all, all that kind of stuff, check out the conscious dating book. Go to consciousdating.com. We got lots of, of free, you know, audio programs and recordings and tutorials. Uh, if you are interested in an extraordinary relationship, Darlene and I wrote a book together that that we call Radical Marriage, your relationship as your greatest adventure. And it really is about the next evolution of marriage. Rather than calling marriage obsolete because the current version of marriage isn't working anymore, I think we need a, the next level of marriage, and that's what Radical Marriage is all about. So I would really like any single to check that out because in my mind, radical dating is what we do to find a radical marriage. Mm -hmm. So we have to begin with the end in mind. All right. Well put. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for today and being thank on our you show. Thank you so much. And, and uh, thank you, everybody. And honey, thank you to my husband. Love I love you so much. You are my relationship goal. Oh, I think honey. I met my goal. You are a gold digger. I'm a gold <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That, I, am. I may I'm have a, to get that, that patented right now. Hashtag so. gold right. digger. You guys, you guys are so fun. That's All right. good. All, All right. right. Well, David, we thank you. Um, thank you, David. And thank you, everybody. We are done being single. Yes. And, and hopefully we'll see you, next week. you guys are too. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. See you next week on Done Being Single.